Welcome to New Covenant Church. You are listening to this week's message with Senior Pastor Chris Valdez. We are so glad that you are with us this morning. Y'all look fantastic. I told the first service I wasn't sure that the jacket would make it to the second service. It gets a little warm up here, but it did. Yeah. <laughs> also, I was saying that I, I was thankful that men don't wear makeup. Otherwise, I would have mascara streaked in my face from crying. That, that was a, a beautiful worship, and we just thank our worship team and, and Juliana for reading that reading. That was so good. Thank you. Well, happy Resurrection Sunday. Jesus Christ gives us hope. He gives us hope not only for today, but for all of our tomorrows. We're thankful that Jesus Christ is risen. His resurrection and life allows our hope to rise in any circumstances. Last night we had a special time of worship and we sang a song uh, that we've sung before, but the lyrics stood out to me in a new way. And I think part of the reason uh, was because I knew what today was. And we sang these words, forever He is risen, forever He is alive. And it just reminded me of the fact that this morning, on this day, our hope isn't in a manger at Christ's birth. It's not on a cross at His death. And it's not even in an empty tomb. Our hope is Jesus Christ who is risen and alive, seated at the right hand of the Father at this moment. He is alive forever. So wherever we find ourselves this morning, I want to assure you that you have reason for hope. The word hope defined is a feeling of desire for something and a confidence in the possibility of its fulfillment. An expectation of good. A joyful, confident expectation. In our risen Savior, Jesus Christ, we can have hope. We can have a confident and joyful expectation of the good that God the Father has promised us. Philip Yancey wrote that Christ's death and bodily resurrection represented at once a decisive defeat of evil and an advanced echo of what will someday happen to all who are in Him. We will all be risen, as Pastor Darrell said at the beginning of the service. God has acted once by joining us on this groaning planet and He will act again by returning in power and glory to restore it to its original design. That is our hope. The cross tells us that God understands our suffering, for He took upon Himself at the cross all of our sins and all of our failures and all of our sufferings, and He did it to redeem us to save you and I from our sin. But the resurrection takes us beyond the tragedy of the cross to the hope of our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. And it tells us that there's hope for eternal life because Jesus Christ conquered death. And it tells us that God triumphed over evil and death and hell. And it's the hope of every believer. And it can be your hope as well. Because Jesus Christ gives us hope. 
this morning and forever and ever. First Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Jesus Christ is our living hope. Colossians 1.27 says that to them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ Jesus is the hope within us. And in Hebrews 10.23, we're encouraged to hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess for He who promised is faithful. He is faithful. He never fails us never leaves us, never forsakes us. And I could go on and on and on with the reasons that I personally have hope in the living Jesus Christ, but there's one reason in particular that stands out to me that I want to share with you this morning, and that is the fact that Jesus Christ and God the Father want a relationship with us that is personal. He loves each one of us, and His heart is to have a personal relationship with each and every one of us. One example of this in Scripture is Jesus' encounter with the man Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus uh, encountered Jesus when he was on his way to the cross. He was just passing through Jericho on his way to Jerusalem. And you can read the whole account in Luke chapter 19. But what stood out to me was that this was Jesus' literal last week on the face of the earth. And there was one man who wanted to see him, and he was short in stature, and the crowd was thick. So he climbed up in a tree, and Jesus saw that man. And he called that one man out by name. And at the end of the account, Jesus says, the reason that I came was to seek and save the lost. In the most difficult week of his life, Jesus had time for a personal relationship with one man. And he wants that same personal relationship with each one of us. In that series that that we encountered Zacchaeus, it was called It's Personal. And the whole point was for us to realize that the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ is a personal message We looked at some questions and we answered those questions like, why was Zacchaeus up a tree? And does Jesus know my name? Does he know what matters to me? Does he know where I live? And does he know what I've done? And the answer to all those questions was a resounding yes. But this morning, as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I want us to look at these questions again. But this morning, we're going to ask the questions of Jesus Christ Himself. And what we know is just a few days later, less than a week later, after Zacchaeus had found himself up in a tree, Jesus Christ Himself was going to be up in a tree. And so we asked the question this morning, Jesus, why? Why did you have to go up that tree? And Luke 
Chapter 23:25 gives us one of the answers. In verse 25 it says, He, speaking of Pilate, delivered Jesus over to their will. One of the reasons that Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross was the will of the people. We, we talked last week as it was Palm Sunday that when they welcomed Jesus into town, they were crying, Hosanna, Hosanna to the King. Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. And just a few days later, the same people would be shouting, Crucify Him. Crucify Him. Because He had not met their expectations of a conquering King. Pilate literally, if you read the whole account, he literally tried over and over and over to save the life of Jesus. He told them, this is an innocent man. He's done nothing worthy of death. But the people would not relent their will. And that verse tells us that he relented to the will of the people and delivered Jesus to be crucified. And Luke verse, chapter 23, verse 33 tells us that they got exactly what they wanted. And when they came to the place that's called the skull, there they crucified Him and the criminals, one on His right and one on His left. But why did He have to be crucified? Galatians 3.13 tells us that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. Jesus was cursed, so you and I don't have to be. He made a way for us to be restored into a right relationship, a personal relationship with God the Father. Isaiah 53.5 says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement for our peace was upon Him. And by His stripes we are healed. The sinless, spotless Lamb, the once and for all sacrifice, He took our punishment. He was cursed in our place. That's why He had to go up that tree. The next question is, do you know His name? Philippians 2, 9-11 says that therefore God also has highly exalted Him and given Him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's His name. His name is above all other names. In the, in the Bible, it basically says there's only one true name for God. It's actually Yahweh, and the only letters in, in, in Hebrew that we have would be the equivalent of English words, letters Y-H-W-H. And we've turned that into Yahweh. The truth is, we don't know what the vowels were there because uh, the Jewish people felt like it was uh, forbidden to even utter the name of God. And so the actual name or the actual pronunciation has been lost to history. But what we do know is every translation and every word that we use for God, that we're referring to the one God and Father of all, the Father who sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to live and die for us. 
And in the Bible, what, what we see over and over and over is descriptors of the name of God. And I would uh, wager and bet that every one of you who is walking in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ can give description after description after description of who God has been for you. And I want to share a couple of those descriptors that we find in Scripture. Some of the other names of our God. Lord, my strength. Lord, our defense. Lord, my redeemer. Lord, my provider, my sanctifier, my refuge. Lord, my shield. Lord, my fortress, my deliverer. Lord, my shepherd, my healer. Lord of hosts, my rock. Lord, my peace. Lord, my Savior. And Lord, with us. He is the God who is with us, who came to make a way for us to have that relationship with Him. And now He is the King of kings and Lord of lords, alive forever and ever. That's His name. His name alone gives us reason to hope. Do you know what matters to Him? You do. You matter to the King of kings, the Creator of the universe, the One who has always been. You matter. John 3.16 tells us that for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. You matter to God. How do we know? We know because He showed us through Jesus. Hebrews 1.3 tells us that Jesus Christ is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature. And He upholds the universe by the word of His power. After making purification for sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus said that if we've seen Him, we've seen the Father. And Jesus showed us that He cared. Which means the Father cares. Jesus cried. So we know the Father cries. He loved. He cared so much that in the most difficult week of His life, He took time for one man. And if Jesus cared, the Father cared. Why did He do it? Because we matter. And that's why He came to seek and save the lost. And that one man was lost. So He was going to make time for him. And He'll make time for every single one of us. Because at one time we were all lost. We praise God and we sing praises this morning uh, thanking Him for our salvation if we've come to Him. But at one point we were all lost. And if you're here this morning and have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can do that this morning. You just have to believe. Believe that it's true. Philip Yancey wrote, Although I can't learn from him, speaking of Jesus, why a particular bad thing occurs, I can learn how God feels about it. Jesus gives God a face, and that face is streaked with tears. Jesus showed us the face of God. 
In Jesus, we know that God suffers with us. We're not alone. Through Jesus, we know that God understands our condition. We can know that God cares regardless of how things may look. And when we doubt, we can turn again to the face of Jesus Christ. And in His face, we can see the compassionate love of God who is well acquainted with our grief. Because you matter to God. So much so that Revelation 13.8 says that the Lamb, speaking of Jesus Christ, was actually sacrificed before the foundation of the world. Even before the very beginning, God had made a plan. He had made a way to restore our relationship with Him because we matter. The next question is, do you know where He lives? 1 Corinthians 3.16 tells us, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and asked for the Holy Spirit to empower you, He lives in you. In John 14, 23, Jesus said, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. It's a mystery beyond what we can comprehend. They're in heaven, and if we ask them, they're in us. And he will be everything that we need. Jesus said both He and the Father will make their home within us if we believe in Him, if we love Him, and if we follow Him. And He's the way, the only way, the only truth, and the only life, and the only way to the Father. The next question is, do you know what He's done? He lived a sinless life. He was crucified and He took our punishment. He died And then He came back to life to reign forever and ever. In Luke 24, 1, we read the story of His resurrection. It starts in verse 1, But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen Remember how He told you while He was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified on the third day, rise. And they remembered His words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. When they got to the open tomb, it says they were perplexed. Where's the body? Why is He not here? But the angels reminded them, do you not remember what He told you? Did you not believe? You should have come here not with spices, but looking for Christ risen. But when they told them the news, it says, then they remembered. Oh yeah! (laughs) 
That's right. He did say he was going to come back to life. We just didn't know what he was talking about. And then Jesus appears to them in person. Luke 24:36 says, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. It even says that he ate with them. And then in verse 44, he says, there, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. Verse 47, And that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in His name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I'm sending the promise of My Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. He calls us to proclaim the availability of forgiveness if we repent from our sins and if we believe in Him and come to Him that He defeated death and then He sent the Holy Spirit to be our helper. And the last question is, do you know what He can do? Because He's alive and at work today. He is the provision in every area of our life. He will guide us through our life if we seek Him first. He gives our life purpose. He hears and answers our prayers. He will teach us to love and forgive both ourselves and others. He removes our insecurities and becomes our sure foundation. He delivers us from every bondage. He breaks addictions and strongholds even in our minds. And the list goes on and on and on. Honestly, there is nothing that my God cannot do. And there's only one catch. We have to believe. And we have to choose. There's only two choices. The world seems a lot more complicated than that, doesn't it? But it literally comes down to we either follow God or we don't. There's no other option. And there's an example of this in Scripture, and we're going to get there in just one second. But the amazing thing is that God already made His choice. He made His choice over 2,000 years ago. And actually, we read just moments ago from Revelation that He made His choice before the foundation of the world. He made a way for us to be restored before we had lost the relationship. Because He knew what He was getting into and He still wanted to get into it. That's how much He loves us. He made His choice. But He won't make ours. We have to choose for ourselves. We have to choose a relationship with Him. 
We have to choose if we're going to believe and accept Him. And there's an example of this choice. The fact that there's only two choices, literally, when Jesus was on the cross. In Luke 23, verse 39, it says, One of the criminals who were hanged railed at Him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Why don't you save yourself and us? But the other rebuked Him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, truly I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Two men on either side. One takes the opportunity to ridicule. He doubles down on his bet on life. No one's going to rule me. I won't have a God over me. But the truth is, there is a due reward for all of us. But Jesus took it for us. If we'll accept it. And the man on his other side knew he was innocent, just like Pilate. And he said, don't you know, this is an innocent man. Lord, will you remember me? And that faith, that tiny seed of faith was enough for Jesus Christ to tell him, you'll be with me in paradise today. Because you believed who I am. And we all have that opportunity. You have it today. You'll have it every day for the rest of your life. But none of us know how many days we've got. If you're still breathing, it's not too late to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. But I can tell you the sooner the better. Life with Him is so much better than life without Him. He has done everything. He has made every preparation. All you have to do is receive Him this morning. Will you bow your head with me as we pray? Dear Holy Father, we just thank You. We thank You that You first loved us. While we were in our sin, You died for us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, and your word says all we have to do is believe it and receive it and then follow you as our Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray that this morning eyes will be opened that have never been opened, ears would be opened that have never heard your voice. Lord, that your Holy Spirit would awaken them to your word this morning. Lord, and that they, as they heard your word, that it was quickening within them. And this morning they would believe that they would find their hope in the only hope, Jesus Christ. Lord, and we will forever sing your praises because you are alive forever and ever and ever. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
Amen. Will you stand with us as we close in worship? We have a ministry team available. They would be willing to pray with you for any need that you may have. If you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior this morning, they would love to pray with you in agreement with that. I also want to just point out again that we have this uh, book called Ten Steps Toward Christ. There's a bunch of copies out there. Uh, If you accepted Jesus into your heart this morning, pick one up. If you know of someone who could use one of these, take it and give it uh, to them as our gift to you to them. might be filled. Christ is alive to live in you. That's Easter. That's resurrection. A couple of announcements before we go. No youth tonight. Men's breakfast next Saturday, April the 10th at 8 a.m. Ladies night out. Ladies, April the 16th. It's going to be a meal together going to be fun and games and prizes and lots of laughs. So we hope you'll come. And one big announcement, we will receive our certificate of occupancy for the NCC West this week. Our plan is to have a soft launch by starting Shine Children's Church and Middle School and High School Youth this coming Sunday, April the 11th, in the new building. So we're going to try to get it set up to this week. Our Wednesday night spark is still going to continue in the sanctuary until Wednesday, April the 28th, while we get everything working over there.
with this transition to the uh, NCC West, we're making a slight change in the way we break down our age groups. So if your parents start starting next Sunday, pre-K and kindergartner will join our sparklers in the West Hallway. Our first through fifth grade children will make up our Shine Sunday Morning Ministry in NCC West. So if you're a parent of a pre-K or through fifth grade child, you might try to give yourself a few more extra minutes if you're coming to the second service next Sunday because everything's going to be a new experience for us all. And so we're excited about what God has done, paid in full. All right. April the 17th, Saturday, April the 17th, from 2 to 4, we're having an open house for all of us to come and see the new building. April the 17th, we will be having a grand opening later when we will celebrate the miracle God has done this year, and uh, we'll keep you posted on that. But we're so excited about what God's going to be using that building for, and we're thankful to you for the miracle of that. Thank you for being here this week. Uh, we welcome you to visit with one another, and we always enjoy that. But, but please go and pick up your kids first. And then also, we're going to, for two more weeks, two more weeks, we're going to stack the chairs, and we'll never do it again. All right? So if you can help us stack the chairs on either of the side, we leave the middle. And uh, we are so glad. Enjoy the presence of the living Lord Jesus this week. God bless you. You're dismissed. Thank you for listening to this week's message. 